Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast. Today's episode is on using the tarot to have conversations with your creativity with Chelsea Pippin Mizzy of Pipcards Tarot. Chelsea uses she, her pronouns. She's a writer, tarot reader, and the founder of Pipcards Tarot, which is a tarot consultancy helping creatives unblock, generate new ideas, and connect to their inner artist through tarot. She also has a book, The Tarot Spreads Yearbook, which comes out next month. Um, I'll link to that in the description so you can check it out if you'd like. I think I've just been feeling more and more drawn over the past year or two to have conversations about creativity and healing and creativity and spirituality and creativity and creative process um, and writing process and all of those things. Um, So I found Chelsea's work on Instagram and was super intrigued to talk with her. We get into some really cool, specific, (laughs) snitty-gritties nitty-gritties of using the tarot to connect to your creativity in um really solid ways and also um clear uh strategies and methods of using tarot to like create better developed characters to write better stories like we're not just talking about creativity in like in energy way which i also love and you know is true um but we're also getting really specific about process and tarot so i really enjoyed this conversation we get into her journey with creativity and writing and tarot the use of images in the process of writing and actually how i'm using images um mental and literal (laughs) to uh, work on my novel right now Um, using your tarot deck to have conversations with your creativity, using tarot to write better stories and better developed characters, doing tarot spreads for your characters, holding the cards loosely, and some lessons from Chelsea's book writing process. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do and you're interested in more writings about creativity, you might enjoy my substack, which is called Joy Notes. Some recent pieces about creativity are telling the story that wants to be told, play and nourishing the creative self, there's a mini creative reset over there, a piece about devotion to creative transformation, the next thing leads to the next thing, specifically around creativity, an interview with Mary Adele, who is a past podcast guest on sensual, sensual creative aliveness, um, and more. It's really a, a thread woven through the newsletter. So I'll link to those in the description. Check them out. Check out Chelsea's work and her book. And I hope you enjoy this conversation about creativity and tarot. I would also love to hear over on Substack. Um, or email, you can send me an email about how you're feeding your creativity. If you are using tarot um, to support your creative process, your writing process, um, any of those kinds of things too, um, I would love to hear about it. I think this is a really cool and interesting topic. Okay, sending you all lots of love and care.
I always like to start this show by hearing about your journey. I would love to hear about your journey with creativity, with writing, um, and with tarot and how it's brought you to the work that you do now. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I have been a writer my entire life. Um, I grew up in a military family. We moved a lot when I was a kid. And so stories, crafting characters, making up worlds was very much a way that I kept myself connected, I think, to myself and into my world because my world was changing a lot when I was young, very often. Um, and so I think storytelling and writing very much always a part of my identity. Um, I was, you know, the kid with the notebook in the corner. Uh, it was much easier to carry a notebook around and like make new friends every time you change a school. So very much, very much me all the time. Um, and I think, I think creativity obviously has, has always been a, a bedfellow to me for that reason. It's a, it's, it's something that you can carry around in yourself, entertain yourself. You can, you can have conversations with your creativity, which is something I talk to my tarot clients a lot about actually. Um, something I think tarot is a great tool for. It allows you to, to converse with your creativity in that way. But I think it's always been a very open conversation between me and that kind of creative part of my mind that, almost is an imaginary friend when you're a kid, right? It's a companion. And so I think that's always very much been um, a part of my life. And I have always written using an art as inspiration. Um, when I was 10, <laughs> um, I participated in a contest in the, the city I was living in at the time um, with the local art museum. I wrote a short story based on a piece of art in the museum and won. Um, and I think from there was very much like, oh, this is a great way for me to prompt. I think I, wor I, I worked with imagery already. I was interested in photographs. I was interested in art, but kind of putting a name to, oh, I can look at a picture and I can generate an entire story and people are interested in that and so always growing up when I was taking creative writing classes when I was writing for myself when I was journaling um I I really liked to use visual prompts I like to use symbology I like to use art um in a really intuitive way so I wasn't particularly interested in in art history um I was much more interested in making use of of the image as it came to me, as I saw it. Um, and I actually kind of moved into theater in my teens. I wanted to be a director. I really loved that combination of being able to see the, the story taking place and being able to tell the story at the same time. So mm -hmm. even though I'm not a visual artist, <laughs> even though I really struggle, the visual and the, the, the words have always been really entwined to me and interpreting things through the lens of image and words at the same time always been very important and as somebody with very 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 little visual talent uh, like like can't hold a paintbrush steady <laughs> to save my life which is fine um it, having other ways of interacting visually with the world as a creative very important so thinking about set designs thinking about laying things out as a theater artist was always really important to me and and looking to images to inspire my writing, which was something I felt like I could express myself through. Really, really deeply important to me. Um, I came to tarot late 
in life. Um, considering all of those things to be true came to tarot late in life. I um, I was raised in a religious household, not, not super, super fundamentalist, but to the point where probably not so much curiosity about that or a bit of, you know, um, reticence. And I think I held on to that. I went to a Christian school for a couple of years and definitely lots of unpacking there to do. Um, but really by accident in, in my late twenties, did I come to tarot? Um, a friend asked if she could read for me and I didn't want to let her read for me. I was like, "Mm, that's, I, I'd rather you didn't. Um, I'd had some bad experiences with palm readers. Um, I tell the story a lot that I think I was turned off to divination throughout my 20s because I, a palm reader told me once that I had problems with my dad and eczema. Um, and things are fine with my dad as far as I know, but um, I did have eczema. I was having a breakout on my hand at the time. And I think it just really turned me off to, you know, the lady's telling me I have eczema and I'm like, no shit, I have eczema. You're looking at my hand. Um, and I think it, it really kind of, I had a couple of other experiences with astrologers and with, with a rune reader that just didn't resonate with me. There's nothing wrong with them really just didn't make me feel yeah. You know, like it was something I wanted to explore. Um, and yeah, then my friend asked if she could read tarot for me. And she um, she said, don't worry. Um, it's not like witchy. She said, I think about it much more like processing things in therapy. And she and I are, you know, both see therapists. I think therapy is a very, um, very important kind of lens through which I view the world and this was somebody that I trusted who had a similar kind of approach to processing. She's a writer as well. So she said, let me just try because I'm learning and it would help if we could just do it in a, in a casual way. Um, and so we thought about what I should ask. Cause I was like, I don't want to know anything that's going to cause me anxiety. I don't want to talk about when I'm going to die. I don't want to talk about what's going on in my love life. None of that. Um, and she said, well, do you want to talk about the book you're writing? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. I was writing a novel at the time. Um, I had not, not too long before that, I had lost my job as a writer. I'd been on staff at, at BuzzFeed in the UK for, for several years, um, and the website had downsized in the UK. So I, I lost my, my first big professional writing job. Always been a writer, knew I was going to be a writer but had lost this job and not quite sure what I was going to do next. I was working in a library at the time and I wanted to write this novel. So I said, yeah, okay, let's talk about my book. Um, And she pulled three cards for me and something just clicked, right? I looked at them. And the second I looked at them before I even made sense of them or used to them, my brain went, oh, you write from images all the time. It makes sense to be looking at images as you're working your way through this novel. Um, still haven't finished that novel. I'm not going to say it was like a fairy godmother moment. That wasn't, it wasn't the right book to write at that time. However, I've now sold two nonfiction books about tarot. So it certainly <laughs> spurred me in the right direction. Um, and I think it was one of those moments where the right thing comes into your life at the right time and makes a connection you would never have anticipated being made in your life. I knew I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to have a career as a writer. The thing that I wanted to write a story that I really love and would love to write someday, but just was not the right time. Um, In asking Tara questions about that, I created 
a whole new path for myself, which is really cool. Um, and I, yeah, I spent some time. I spent some time with that reading. I spent some time getting to know the cards. I took a, um, a course with a um, tarot reader based here in Birmingham in the UK. I'm not here anymore. I'm in France now, but I was living in the UK at the time. Um, uh, who she, She's been a reader for 30 years um, and had a lot of really wonderfully uh, motivating mentorship for her. She just, um, she, she was incredibly encouraging. We read tarot very differently. She's much more kind of traditional Celtic cross layout, how's your love life going kind of thing. But she taught me all of the foundation that I needed to understand the tarot and was really, um, yeah, just really lovely. And it's, it's wonderful as I'm sure, you know, to have somebody say, Hey, you've, you've got a knack for this. You should explore it. And it kind of came naturally after that. I thought about how I wanted to approach tarot and I knew, I knew I wasn't interested in love readings. I knew I wasn't particularly interested in, I still had that same feeling that I had that first time my friend tried to read me my tarot it was like, there are things I'm not interested in. And certainly as a reader, I much prefer a conversation. I much prefer that therapeutic approach. And what did I want to talk about? And what did I want to focus? If I was going to attempt to read professionally, what did I actually want to spend my time yeah. I doing? Um, and it was talking about writing. It was talking about creativity. I've always worked and lived in, in the creative industries. I, you know, as I say, I was, I, my, my schooling was all in theater and writing. My degrees are in theater and writing. My master's degree was a mixture of the two. I went straight into a journalism job. I was then sitting in a, um, I'd been working at a library and I think I just moved to a new writing job. I was doing copywriting for a firm. So it was always in writing. A lot of the work I did in my day job at that time was helping business founders tell their stories and, and doing a lot of kind of copywriting and ghostwriting on that end. Um, and I was so interested in helping other people kind of break through and talk about their stories. I'd been an editor. Um, and so it just felt right to focus on using them as tools for creativity. And it, it really came together quite naturally. I think I had a couple of conversations with different readers, with different, um, you know, online service providers in the spiritual space. And, and that niche really just unfolded to me quite naturally. And it really came from, I love these things. I've learned so much about these things. I have this very specific viewpoint on creating from images and I have a skill for talking to creatives and helping their best work and their stories come out. So why not? <laughs> um, and that's, that's where we are uh, today. I think uh, about a year into my business, I decided to write a book proposal. And, um, and so I started working on that and actually that book it has now sold, but is not coming out into the world for a couple of years. Um, 
well, a year. Um, my first book, I was approached by a publisher to do it. So there's like some manifestation magic there. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Someone saw what I was doing and came to me. I'm, I've written a book called The Tarot Spreads Yearbook, which is a collection of spreads that you can follow with your deck throughout the year, which is very much mm-hmm. not creativity focused. It's for a broader audience than just your, your average creative, but is much more of a conversation-led journaling-based approach to tarot, really introspective um, rather than than um, you're, you're kind of a cult tarot. And, I, you know, that's not, that's pretty mainstream now to look to the cards that way, I, I wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm leading the charge there, but very much in that vein will that book be. And then I think using tarot for creativity naturally leaps off from there. If you're using it to journal, the next step is to use it to create art. Why not? Mm. Um, That's it. That's the answer to your question, I hope. And probably (laughs) then some. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I always just think it's so interesting to hear about how people have gotten to where they are and how they've grown and changed and evolved on the way. And I can relate to a lot of what you shared. I've been a writer since I was a kid too. I think I fell away from writing in like high school and college when I wanted to be cool and I wanted to fit in and all of that stuff. And then thank God I like found my way back to it. Um, But yeah, I think what you're sharing and what I really relate to is like writing as this through line of something that matters. Um, And I think, uh, yeah, what you were saying about images and how images can prompt so much in our writing and how connected they are just feels so true. I um, just yesterday was taking a walk and I was telling you before we started recording that I'm working on this novel, but um, it's spanning, you know, over at least a year and mm-hmm. encompassing every season. And the part I'm writing right now inexplicably is in the summer and it's winter here right now. And I'm like, oh God, by the time I'm writing the winter, it's not going to be winter anymore. How am I going to remember like these feelings, what it's like, which like, of course I'll be fine. I'll remember. But when I was on my walk yesterday, I just felt really drawn to like noticing the images, like taking little snapshots in my brain of like winter around me um, and jotting some things down of like what these little noticings are so I can remember and weave them into like the winter setting of my book. Um, And yeah, I think writing is so images, like we're inspired by them, we're creating them with our work. It's like a whole circle situation. The entire process is taking the image in your head and turning it into words. So, of course, we'd be looking to the outside world for and we'd be looking to other artists for how they interpret the world and how does that influence the way that we come to our own writing. And I mean, I think about art and photographs constantly when I write. Absolutely. Taking your own is so nice. I, I love that idea of like really consciously creating images that you can work from later that's such a lovely idea yeah it felt really good I was like oh this is fun (laughs) you're you're making art so that you can make art later you're you're going through that phase now you've got photographs that you can use and you're going to write for them later so how lovely what a nice thing you'll be able to share someday when that writing's out in the world is the photographs you took that inspired it Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I think I'm really curious about what you were sharing about having conversations with your creativity. And I'm wondering, yeah, if we can talk more specifically about what that's like and how you, um, how people can sort of connect with that themselves and how tarot is part of that or can be part of that. 
Um, okay, so oftentimes, traditionally, we look at a tarot deck as a thing that's going to connect us to spirit, to the unknown, to the future, to angels, to spirit guide, all kinds of things to people look to tarot as a conduit to. Um, to me, the only thing I personally am interested in having a conduit to is my own kind of creativity when I get into mm -hmm. a slump. I'm, I'm a, like, I'm probably the, one of the most skeptical tarot readers or, or <laughs> like what uh, agnostic tarot readers will meet out there. I'm not, I'm not too interested in, in what's outside me. I'm very interested in connecting to what's inside me, but the, the process is the same. Um, we don't always have access to everything that's going on in us. And as I'm sure you know, and anyone who's listening who's ever tried to put pen to paper or paint to canvas or film a reel, for God's sake, um, <laughs> the block, like it's the, 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 the idea that you're, there's that something in the way between what you may want to express and how you're going to get it out there, that space, um, that chasm that you have to jump. Sometimes there's a bridge. Often there's a bridge when we're kids and we're creating freely, those bridges are everywhere. And the older we get, the kind of more rickety and the, the more holes are in them. Um, and we, we need a little help, like restructuring that bridge. And I guess I like to think of tarot that way. Um, or I like to think of the reading of tarot that way. So when I encounter an issue, um, a block or an insecurity when it comes to my writing or the work that I'm doing, the first thing I do is go to the tarot and I look at the cards. I look at my deck as if it's standing in for what's going on with me creatively right now. I, I look at the deck as if, okay, I don't have all the answers, but if I can reflect on them and kind of find a way in, then I will. So I really kind of personify the deck as my creativity. I like to, I lead a workshop sometimes where I'm very much like, your creativity is sitting on the other side of the table from you. And we're gonna pull the cards out and allow them to create that conversation between us. And when we do that, I think, a lot of things happen. We automatically generate ideas because we're turning cards over and we're having that conversation. Um, but when you when you kind of place that creative part of you across the table from you, you relieve a lot of the guilt and the shame of block also, if you can just open up that conversation with the thing that's across the table from you instead of the thing that's stuck in your brain and won't come out or won't make itself heard, you're putting it there you're saying you're sitting across the table from me and in the middle of us are 78 cards that can help us figure out where the bridge needs filled a little bit. Um, a little bit of a messy metaphor, but does that, does that answer the question? <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> yeah, I think that's beautiful. Um, and yeah, I think that's one of the lovely things about tarot is like it can help us facilitate deeper access to ourselves, to understand our desires, our ideas, like all of those mm -hmm. kinds of things. And um, yeah, I also think we all, all tarot people fall on some kind of like wide spectrum of how spiritual we are. <laughs> it's totally I, cool. I love that too. Yeah. I love it too. And I'm really interested. I think it's a really creative act wherever you're out on the spectrum if if you're a person who's really interested in in connecting to spirit guides per se or connecting to a higher power you're co-creating 
co-creating with it through the tarot. And I think that conversation with it as a creative tool, what I love about it is that it really does serve everyone in their own way, because there is an active conversation. There is this story that's developing, whether whether it's being dictated to you according to your beliefs or you're, you're bringing it up from yourself according to other people's beliefs. It just... You just need you just need something. I mean, we need a keyboard to write, or we need a pen to write, and tarot feels like a, t- a tool in the same way that we need something to put. You got to put ink in the pen. You've got to put tarot cards in the in the old creative well. Um, you got to put tarot in my in opinion. Well. Yeah, yeah, that should be my new like slogan. Yeah, make that your Instagram. Put those cards in the well. Bye. <laughs> Fill your well with tarot cards. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when I was scrolling through your Instagram to prepare for this interview the other day, I found this spread that you shared um, for fiction writing specifically um, and character development. And I was like, well, I'm writing a novel. Let me try it out. So I tried it out um, and it was very cool and fun. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that and also like any... Yeah, any other thoughts you have about using tarot to write better stories to yeah, mm-hmm. to get more clear on what's happening in our stories like that kind of stuff. So there is a wonderful writer called Alexander Chi who wrote an essay called The Queerant in which he talks a lot about his relationship with tarot and he's spoken several mm-hmm. times about using tarot as a writer. Um which is brilliant and I can highly recommend. Um, And funnily enough, I didn't know he'd written all these until I started thinking about it as a writing tool. So it was wonderful to see like a published, a published novelist um, is employing these same tools. I think the spread that you're talking about, speaking of published novelists, was inspired by a um, tweet from B.E. Schwab, Mm -hmm. who is a brilliant sci-fi and and fantasy writer. Um, And I was really struck because what she said in her tweet was that it was this really simple three-step process she goes through to create a character. She figures out what they want in the world. She figures out how far they'd be willing to go to get it. She figures out a mantra that they have. And over the course of the story, she she forces the character to break the mantra. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, well, this is really cool. Um, I'm not sure I know the answers to these things for a character that I'm working on right now. So maybe I should pull some tarot cards to help me generate some ideas around what those things could be and, and ended up designing the spread from there. And I think, I mean, that's, it was so helpful because I didn't have a character before. And at the end, you have a lot more clarity. And even if and a card doesn't vibe, it gets you closer to what you know you don't want from the piece. And I think the the power of rejection in tarot, especially in the writing space, is really important. We talk about, you know, getting bad readings sometimes or readings that don't resonate. But I think in when it comes to writing, a reading that doesn't resonate is going to tell you as much as a reading that does because it's helping you eliminate paths. Um, I think that's true when you, when you get a... a personal reading as well but it may be a little easier to deal with for for writers because you can just keep turning over cards and seeing new things and it can be a little bit more difficult when you're dealing in your own personal life um but that that to me is is an exact illustration of what's so beautiful about it is if i if i wanted to draw that now and create a character and said all right 
what they want is the king of pentacles so we want wealth or and financial success and comfort right how far would they be willing to go to get it we've got a character i've got the knight of cups so he is willing to go on a quest to the ends of the earth to get this financial gain that he wants and this like comfortable lifestyle and what's a mantra what might they believe this is like really off the cuff, but okay. So we've got a five of pentacles, which is interesting. So they believe that probably being poor is the worst thing you could possibly be in your entire life. I mean, you've got someone who really wants that kind of like rich, wealthy, luxury lifestyle. You've got somebody who's willing to go to the ends of the earth to get it. You've got someone who believes that being out in the cold, being poor, being on down, being downtrodden is the worst thing that could possibly happen to them. I mean, so we've got to put them in a situation where they lose everything and then suddenly, you know, that's an archetypal story, but it gives yeah. us something to work with automatically. And um, and then we can start to craft those little bits and you can pull so many things. I could continue to ask. I could ask myself, okay, well, what are his parents like? And I could pull another card and all of those questions that we ask ourselves when we're writing it's really nice if we're between ideas, if we're not sure to be able to pull a card and say, all right, what is this prompt about that person? And I do think character development in particular as a storytelling tool or tarot for character development in particular as a storytelling tool is really powerful because you read for your characters the same way you'd read for yourself or a person. Um, one of my favorite things to do when writers come to see me is draw a Celtic cross for their main character as if, I'm drawing it for a person who's across the table from me. And that often draws in, you know, the Celtic cross is a, is a chunky spread. It's 10 cards. It covers kind of every area of life. So you learn a lot about a character. I had a client a couple of months ago and we pulled a Celtic cross for her main character. She was in edits. So she'd already written the whole book. Um, we pulled a Celtic cross for her main character and realized there was an entire thread about her relationship to her dad that just didn't exist. There was so much um, attention on the relationship with her mother that they'd kind of, the, the author had not ignored, but just hadn't, you know, hadn't explored the relationship to the father. And we said, actually, the relationship to the father is just as, like, just as important to the character understanding the mother. So even if the key dynamic is between the main character and her mother, we need to know what that father dynamic is. Um, and that just came from pulling 10 cards and she was she was feeling like there was a, a thread missing and we went, oh, well, the thread's the dad. Um, and that became clear. We drew a couple of kings, they were pretty present and we didn't know where to put them because there wasn't a lot of that kind of masculine king energy for better or for worse in the novel and so she's taken that away and um and explored that a little bit which is cool um so celtic cross for character building absolutely somewhere somewhere in the depths of my instagram there's a whole plot builder which kind of works similarly Ooh. but i i do actually i have written i have written and it is available a full ebook that's tarot for novelists that includes loads of spreads loads of sprom loads of sprompts loads of prompts <laughs> That's what I should oh. call them, though. I should call them sprompts. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, 
they're prompting spreads. He makes me think of um, little sprouts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Which, like, well, and that's what, that's what I wanted to feel like. Like yeah. drawing a card and getting an idea from it doesn't commit you to anything. You don't. I don't now have to write this sprawling novel about a guy who wants to be rich and would go to the ends of the earth, but then in going to the ends of the earth loses all his money. But I could if I wanted. <laughs> the idea is there. Um, and that's what I want from them and what I want for the people I read for is just for that real richness of ideas are growing on trees to be available to them. Um, you have 78 leaves that could just grow off the trees anytime with a tarot deck. And I, I love that. Um, yeah, character development. Yeah. I could talk about it forever. I mean, I'm, I was an actor and a director and a writer, so you've got my <laughs> real sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I think, yeah, it's just so fascinating. And I really appreciate what you said about just kind of like, holding the cards loosely too. Like you don't have to be committed to making this the character, but maybe there's one thing you want to pull out from that, that you're like, oh yeah, that, or like there's a missing thread or there's just adding like some more shape and color, or maybe there's like a smaller character who's not very fleshed out and you want to like add some more three-dimensionality yeah. to this character and how, how Tarot can help with that. I think I found it really interesting when I was doing that spread that you shared I did it for three of the characters. Um, and for one of the main characters, there's two. And for her spread, it was, I didn't really learn anything new, but it was so on point. It was like exactly right for what was happening. And when I pulled the tower for what she's afraid of or whatever that question was, I was like, this is exactly, like, she's terrified of change. Like, this is exactly right. It was very cool. And then for the other main character that I pulled for, there were some new things that came in that I was like, mm. oh, I'm going to sit with this and think about this. But then I don't have to be like, oh, this is what the character has to be. I think sometimes we get stuck with tarot, not just in writing, but just in general of like, this is, I don't know, this is gospel, this is fact, when it's just like information. And yeah. it's also like we get to decide the meaning we want to make of it, if we want to make it true or not. Like, I don't believe in tarot as a future predicting type of tool. I don't think that it even can do that if we want it to. Because um, I think that we're creating the future all the time. And that's just like my mm. own belief system. Um, and yeah, like letting the cards be what they are and not asking them to be something else and letting them be a support rather than like something that feels strict and heavy that I have to sort of form into. I'm like, that feels too much like the religion of my childhood. So I'm all set yeah. on that. <laughs> exactly. And there's, there's so much more flexibility within yeah. them. And so opening and I think using them as a creative resource can be a really nice way of opening that door if you've got quite a and I mean, that, I mean, that's how I came to them, right, is, is that's how I opened that door and got comfortable with them because I, I was very comfortable using them in, in that way. Um, and that's continued to be my relationship with them. But yes, I, I like how you described it, the holding them lightly. I think very much I like to take a playful, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what comes out. We'll see what's interesting. Yeah. I had a client a couple of weeks ago who we pulled a Celtic cross for a character that she came back to me the next week and said, yeah, I've completely nixed that whole character um and i've got a new main character now so let's pull some cards for them <laughs> which is great because it, it's endlessly generative and some of the things that we talked about in that 
that first cross for the character that didn't survive still informed the thematic, still informed the conversation we were having. Um, similarly to the idea that like no word you ever write is wasted, right? Even if half the draft goes in the bin, you had to write through those things to get there. And I think you had to pull some cards to get there if you're using them as a creative tool. And that can be really empowering to go, it's okay to bin half of this and keep what keep what's interesting to me. Um, and they help you follow that thread. If I say I'm only interested in the Knight of Cups here, for example, and maybe my character isn't at all somebody who cares about material wealth, that gives me a new starting place and, and I'll see where I go from there. And that's fine, actually. Yeah, that's fine. That's lovely. I think I didn't understand. Like I hear people talk about how you know, you have to write the book to be able to write the book and you like, it will tell you what it, all of that stuff. Um, and now that I'm actually in the thick of writing it, I'm like, oh, right. Now I really understand what people have always been saying about writing books and stories is like, you don't, yeah, I think I'm figuring out what the story is that needs to be told. And I had my idea from the beginning, you know, but it's already evolved and changed so, so much mm. in a way that it couldn't have if I didn't just like start working on it and see what happened. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I think it's Terry Pratchett who said the first draft is you telling yourself the story mm. and then you go from there, which I always really appreciate. Um, yeah. Advice I, I struggle to listen to. My fic, um, fiction and I, we we try, but we it takes us time and space. Um, uh -huh. But but it's I mean the tarot has been hugely helpful for that. Yeah. So and and taking a little bit of the pressure off, I think. So yeah, I'm a fan. And you know, reading tarot for other people is storytelling also. And so even if all you're doing with the tarot, using it as a creative tool is reading for other people, reading for yourself, you're still constructing a narrative, you're still making connections. So even during, I think having a healthy tarot practice, even during periods of time where you're not actively writing anything or making anything, that keeping that tarot practice up can keep your storytelling abilities sharp. It can keep you open to possibility to potential you know I have these moments when I'm I record readings for my clients sometimes and I'll pull a card and I'll be like shit I have no idea what to do with this and I've got to figure out how to connect it and when you're in conversation with someone you can also you know if you're not quite sure what the card is telling you which I think is pretty natural sometimes if it doesn't jive with the rest of them or whatever you can ask for feedback you can say what what's it saying to you how do you see the relationship and that's really meaningful but if you're recording it or if you're writing a tarot reading um, for someone you've got to find a way to make that connection and that's a good practice it's a really good practice to have to go or if you're reading for yourself you have to figure out what the storyline is and how they connect and what they're saying and that's such a valuable tool for us as writers as creators as artists being able to make those connections and reading tarot for yourself even if you're not actively using it to generate creative ideas just naturally lends itself to that yeah yeah well, I know you've written a book, like you mentioned, the Tarot Spreads Your Book, and you're working on another book. Um, I'm wondering if you have any like lessons from book writing or learnings from the process that you want to share with folks. 
Yeah. Um, so both of my books that are that are complete or or very deeply in the works um, are nonfiction, um, and I think I I didn't see myself as a nonfiction writer initially, um, which is funny because I was a journalist um, and I wrote nonfiction <laughs> as a journalist. I wrote short form, but I didn't see myself as a nonfiction book writer. I saw myself as a fiction writer. Um, but the idea came and it felt right. And so I said, okay, that's not how I saw myself, but that's the idea that's speaking to me right now. So I have to give it a go and see. Um, and now here I am and and I've got several fiction projects on the go and, and the writing fiction is very meaningful to me. Um, but I guess to say, if, if an idea comes to you that is out of what you thought was the path that you should go on, um, You've got to follow it and see where it goes. If it gives you pleasure to think about, to talk about, to write about, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or memoir or something in between, um, I wouldn't worry about how you saw yourself, even genre-wise. I think sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, I'm a fantasy writer or I'm a literary writer, and then something completely different comes to you. Even art medium-wise, you know, I think being really open to ideas as they present themselves to you is, is super important and, and keeps you keeps you writing or keeps you creating. Um, and, you know, there is something every, every, I think this is so, anytime a published writer said this before I went on my publishing journey, I would go, oh yeah, easy for you to say. Um, but there is something truly precious about the time that the book belongs only to you before you showed it to an editor or an agent or even a beta reader. There's something so precious about the time when you are writing whatever the hell you want before anybody sees it. Um, that time before you owe anyone anything, you will never get back once you've shown it to someone. And we rush. I think I see this a lot with my clients. We rush into sending things to agents, trying to get a publisher's attention, trying to check that people have read the first couple chapters and that they'd be interested in reading more. Um, that validation I think is really meaningful and important, but I think we rush it because it's scary to enjoy the process of being alone with our art. Um, and I think it took me a really long time to learn just how precious that time before I have promised anything to anyone is. Um, I hope that that makes sense. I think it's just, it's really cherishing the raw time um because you once once you show it to someone you'll be on a wonderful publishing journey i mean many beautiful people who will make your work better um but you should enjoy your work for what it is for you first you should you should cherish that time before it's a product yeah that's what i have to say about that yeah thank you for sharing um I really, I really relate. I feel, I mean, I haven't published a book, but I am really enjoying it. I feel like I'm in a little cocoon with me and Scrivener and my characters and um, I love it. I'm like, I'm not in a rush. I just want to like let, let so the book become what that. it wants to. It feels 
so fun. I think that's the main word that comes to mind when I think about working on this project is like, yeah. it's just fun. You're a creator. So, you know, you, you, you do write in, in many ways and you do know what it's like to feel, you know, that you, you keep up a publishing schedule, et cetera. And I, so to yeah. some extent you, you already know what it's like <laughs> to be on deadline, to be publishing. I think more and more people know that now in the kind of economy that we live in but it is just that that difference between I've said I'm going to publish that blog and the time before you're like I just had this idea <laughs> and I'm going to poke the bear a little bit maybe eventually down the line I'll show it to someone there's a yeah. real difference in mindset and that freedom I love what you said about the cocoon um because I worked in short form journalism for a very long time and because I worked in theater where everything is kind of on the table for everyone Mm -hmm. automatically, um, I definitely found it difficult. I find it difficult to sit alone with an idea for a very long time. And I think um, there's there's so much emphasis on getting agented and, and get pitching out um, that that I think it can be quite overwhelming for people who who really enjoy just being with their work. And I want to, you, you're doing wonderfully. So I want to give everyone else <laughs> listening permission to have that experience and know that, mm. you know, agents make a salary every year. They're going to be there in six months when you've, <laughs> and once you've enjoyed writing the book, you don't, you don't have to finish it this month and send it to an agent. And I think I hear that a lot. Um, that it's got the book's got to be finished so it can go to an agent. But. Yeah, I think that part of my spiritual practice is about and has been for a long time about orienting towards process and just mm. being present with where I'm at and where my life is at and learning to like really enjoy being in the middle and the thick of things and not just orienting towards outcome all the time, which is easy to do. And I sometimes fall into that trap totally. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, if I don't enjoy the process, why am I doing it? Like, what's the point? And in, in the first place, like, cause exactly. I want to enjoy it. <laughs> like our creativity can pay the bills, but most of the bill that it's paying is our joy. And so <laughs> when we, when we lose that, um, it's, it's heartbreaking and it, hap it happens, it happens really easily and really quickly sometimes. Um, so yeah, I think that's been my, my biggest learning. And I think we're very much on the same page about that. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> And I would love to ask you the last question that I always ask on this show, um, which is just what does living open mean to you? What comes up when you when you hear that and how does that feel? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think when you say that and I think about my associations with that word, those words, I think honesty obviously is is very important. And I think that's something that I and very much, I think, changed my approach to what honesty looks like. Many thanks to the tarot, I think, because I you have that real authentic reaction to a card. And I think sharing what something means to you and your personal experience with it, whether that's a tarot card or an event in your life or a story you want to tell, um, can be very vulnerable. And so often we shy away from it, right? So there's something about that, that cracking open that I think is really beautiful. And I think art, being a true artist, 
um, really does come down right to, to opening a door and letting people peer in, which is very vulnerable. Um, especially if you're someone who cares very much about the quality of your artistic work. And I, I know I, in my life have been someone who cares very much about the quality to the extent that I close doors and, and, and don't want to share. And as much as I say, you know, um, have your time alone with your work, um, sharing and opening those doors is very important, but opening those doors to ourselves first and allowing ourselves to peer through those doors feels, feels Mm -hmm. very important. Um, that's a very la-da-da answer, um, but I, I, I'd love to. I'd love to reflect on that more. I knew you were going to ask that question, and I didn't think about it. <laughs> That's okay. I love getting people's. I like, have openly answered. Yes, exactly. You <laughs> answered openly. How gorgeous! <laughs> uh, Chelsea, can you tell people where they can find you, connect with you, work with you, all those things? Absolutely. Um, I'm on Instagram at Pip Cards Tarot, uh, P-I-P-C-A-R-D-S-T-A-R-O-T. Um, I, yeah, that's also my website. So I'm pipcardstarot.com. Um, and I have a newsletter, which you can access through my website. Um, I share creative prompts regularly, all of my information for booking a tarot reading with me, booking a workshop with me, downloading free and paid resources. I, I publish a monthly free tarot journal, so you can find that on my website. Um, and my book is available for pre-order everywhere. It's in Barnes & Noble. It's at Target. It's at Urban Outfitters, I think. You oh. can pre-order. It's on Amazon. Um, <laughs> wherever books are sold, you should be able to pre-order the tarot spreads yearbook supposedly um (laughs) so i think that probably covers the best places to find me i do also publish a a micro memoir newsletter called the french dispatch which is on substack um it needs it needs some love and attention but it is there and i'm proud of the writing that's on there Um, but i think that's everything i'm all over the internet Amazing. We love to hear wherever the internet goes. <laughs> I find a place, um, but all of those things will be findable through my website. So that's probably the best place. That's what I should have said. Not on a promo girl. The details. Oh. The promo girl. I'm going to put it in the description. It's perfect. <laughs> That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.